This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Bama Online Podcast. It is Friday, March the 5th, 2021. And from time to time, we like to check in with recruiting analyst Hank South. Does an outstanding job for us there at BamaOnline.com. Of course, Hank, we're talking about a couple of, well, I guess sort of anniversaries where the quarterback position is concerned on the recruiting front for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, We're a week removed from Ty Simpson's commitment to Alabama. And as you informed me, as we were getting ready to go on today, uh, we're pretty much at one year for Drake May flipping to the North Carolina Tar Heels. Is that correct? Yeah, it's kind of weird the dates you remember and like the uh, the times you remember as a recruiting reporter. But for some reason, that just sticks with me. It was, it was early March. It was the, I, I guess, you know, it's also kind of we're coming up on the COVID anniversary too, where everything shut down. But uh Early March, I got a phone call from his dad. You know, they, they decided they were going to change it up and uh, and commit to North Carolina. Obviously, everyone remembers Drake has a ton of ties to the Tar Heels program, so it made sense uh, that he was making that decision. And you know, kind of set Bim off on uh, you know the, that one commitment um, for about I guess what six weeks until Anquin Barnes committed in, in mid April. So uh, yeah, a little bit a little bit different of a, of a time now, but uh, yeah, it's it's funny to think back about that at, at this point. How quickly things can change on yeah. the recruiting front, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks and also just the process in general. I mean, it was about this time a year ago that Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee looked like they were going to sign everybody. Clemson was rolling at the time and not that Clemson still didn't end up with a fantastic class, but uh, we know what has happened in, in the time since at Tennessee with, with Jeremy Pruitt and, you know, you just gotta be patient. You gotta hang in there. Everything seems to work out for the best where Alabama is concerned under head coach Nick Saban. And we talk about Ty Simpson uh, committed to Alabama last Friday. I know you and Tim Watts, our site publisher, were all over that in the days leading up to Ty Simpson's announcement. Um, I know you had crystal ball tied to to Alabama, so not much of a surprise there for you. Uh, But has there been much of a residual effect to this point, or is it something that you think might take a little bit of time? And how do you envision Ty Simpson as a recruiter for this class, as sort of the catalyst for this class at the quarterback position? I think it's big, and and it's especially important that he that he he got in early. He can really work um, on, on getting you know that communication going with guys throughout the spring, and then hopefully you know fingers crossed we'll see visits happen this summer once um, this this extended dead period um, potentially lifts at the end of May. Um, so so it, it's important because you look at the quarterback position. Typically they commit a little bit earlier. We always talk about it. 
um, they can they can kind of be that that eleventh recruiter on the staff that that uh, that you know has has um, you know unlimited access I guess to, to talking to other prospects, building relationships, and, and building bonds with guys. And you kind of look back at the quarterback position in, in the last few cycles and how that's impacted the recruiting class um, for Alabama. You look back at 2017 with Tua. Um, obviously, he was a, a major part of, of that class. You know, we saw remember the summer of Tua when uh, you know at the opening finals in, in 2016. And then, you know, following that, Jerry Judy committed. Um, obviously, Najee stayed committed and, and, and enrolled at Alabama. And then you end up with Devontae Smith and, and Henry Ruggs. And, and a lot of those guys, you know, there was others part of that class. There were others in that class that helped recruiting, too. But obviously, it was all kind of built around Tua. Um, 2018, not as much, you know, that there wasn't really a quarterback um, added until late. 2019, you look at Talia. Um, he, he was actually a major part of landing Trey Sanders. Um, if you look back at, at that decision, Trey Sanders talked about how his relationship with, with Talia um, kind of helped Bama a lot there in the end. And I think they met at the opening as well, or, or at least, you know, continue to build their, their friendship at the opening. So it's important. And, and I texted with Ty a little bit um, earlier this week. We're supposed to have an interview at some point here in the near future, kind of where he's at with uh, talking to guys. But um, I, I did ask him, you know, are, are you talking to guys? You're doing some recruiting. And he said, always so he's already busy working i'm sure the staff is talking to him about guys they like guys they'd like him to to reach out to as that's always happened and it's always the case um, so we'll kind of see how that happens you know uh, there's guys in tennessee that bama's highly um after or highly that are highly sought after by bama uh, walter nolan obviously the first one that comes to mind the number one um, defensive tackle in the country he's out he's over in memphis um and, and I, I believe you know they, they have a, a friendship um if not you know i'm sure ty ty has his phone number and is going to start working on him um and then of course you know offensive targets i'm sure um, he's he's going to be talking to receivers, running backs, and all that. So it's important. I think it, it's significant to get him on board this early to to kind of get to work. Yeah, and as the son of a college football head coach, I would think Ty understands it, gets it mm-hmm. from the recruiting perspective. He watches. Uh, he has watched. I'm sure his dad, uh, Jason, uh, do it a good bit up there at UT Martin. And you mentioned sort of the guys that you connect the dots with from the quarterback position once a Tua commits once a uh you know a Talia commits and you hit on some of those positions running back wide receiver you look at this Alabama roster right now over the last two classes I guess it's seven wide receivers that Alabama has signed uh, in the 2020 and 2021 halls uh, is, is, is it possible there's going to be a similar number at that spot this year, or do you think it could just be a couple? Are they going to be, uh, a little more, uh, not selective because I think they're always selective, but maybe just not quite the numbers at wide receiver this year. Or do you think it's going to be another three or four man class? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I think it'll be a little bit lower. You know, I kind of compare it to 2018 where, um, you know, obviously Bama just came off that, that, uh, hall of four receivers in the 2017 class with, uh, three now or three future, two first rounders, one future first round then Tyrell Shavers, um, who was really a really good prospect in the 2017 class as well. Um, they ended up adding Jalen Waddle, um, Xavier Williams and Slade Bolden in that, in that, um, 2018 class. And obviously on paper, you know, you see Waddle and then, um, you know, you see, uh, Xavier Williams and Slade Bolden. It wasn't as kind of a flat as flashy of a class 2019, you get, um, Mechie and, and I'm drawing a blank on the second receiver in 2019, or I'm getting my classes confused. Anyway, I think it's going to be a smaller wide receivers class, but 
you know, Nick Saban always says they recruit the best players. Um, if, you know, if those guys want in, you know, I think they try to make it work. You know, if, if you have a couple of five-star receivers or three five-star receivers that, that want to hop on board in 20, uh, 2022 after this 2021 haul, um, I, I think you try to make it work. But overall, I, I, th- I think, you know, to, uh, you know, three-man class, I think, is the most realistic um, at the wide receiver position. And there's a lot of there's a lot of wide receiver talent they're in on in 2022 um, that, you know, they can potentially, you know, um, you know, jump on it and get on board. You also mentioned the running back position in connection with quarterback catalysts that recruited or have recruited effectively for Alabama in the past. Najee Harris, obviously very close with Tua. You mentioned Talia and Trey Sanders. Uh, and at that position, uh, coming up here in the not too distant future, sounds like a five-star in-state prospect at running back set to make a decision where his college choice is concerned. Yeah. Emmanuel Henderson, this has been one that, you know, we've, we've been kind of waiting on for a while. I think he set his decision date, uh, back in January. So he he's had this, this date marked for a while on the calendar. Um, he, he's kind of gone quiet a little bit. It's not, you know, that's not out of the ordinary with recruits, you know, once they set their decision dates and, you know, they got, they got Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Auburn, everyone calling them every day. Um, and I think he, he was busy with his basketball season as well, but he hasn't said much since setting his decision date. Um, but I do know, you know, Bama's still been, you know, going after him pretty hard. Um, Nick Saban's been involved. Charles Kelly, the area recruiter for his high school is obviously involved And Robert Gillespie, the new running backs coach has kind of jumped in there, um, and, and taken over the reins as far as, uh, being kind of that position secondary coach in his, uh, secondary recruiter in his, um, in, in the process. Um, and, and so, you know, I, Emmanuel's been saying he's had his decision kind of in his mind since late in the fall. Um, we caught up with him after the iron bowl. Cause obviously, you know, this has been kind of a heated Alabama Auburn battle for a long time. And, you know, he kind of said he had an idea of where he wanted to go. I think Bama has been trending for a while. I spoke with his head coach who is a, he's actually a former Auburn um, player, Jim Bob Striplin earlier this week. And, you know, he, he said um, he, he kind of talked about what, what Emmanuel is looking for and, and kind of what's going into his decision. And he said, one of the biggest things was kind of the loyalty to the guys that he's been building these relationships with for the last year or two. And, and obviously Bama's right there with that. Um, and, and it's interesting. He did grow up an Auburn fan, but it seems like Alabama has kind of enjoyed the momentum of this recruitment of late. Uh, one thing I will say with with Auburn is, you know, his his recruiter at Cadillac Williams is still on their staff. So he still has that connection there as well as you can't really sleep on them at this point. And then I think Georgia is kind of the other uh, major program in, in line. But, um, you know, I, I think Bama will get good news next Saturday, March 13th, when he announces uh, if anything changes. Obviously, you know, we'll update that. Even with Henderson and his five star status. Are you thinking this might be a two running back class for Alabama after taking one in the 2021 group? I I did the way they're recruiting it. It, it seems like you know unless you know they, they've already got an answer from Annual Henderson and he, you know he, maybe he's going elsewhere and they're going after all these other guys. But uh, I I think it's shaping up to be a two back class. Um, and obviously you know with with this transfer portal era and and everything and you know. Uh, the last couple of years, I feel like you kind of just have to recruit every position kind of the same way every year, almost. I mean, it, it seems silly to say, because obviously numbers do come into play, but you kind of never really know what attrition is going to do to your roster. Um, and, and I think, you know, ahead of 
Kamar Wheaton signing with Alabama, I think it was absolutely going to be a two-back class, but I, I still think it's going to be uh, a two-back class with, with the way um, you know that they're going after guys. You know, I uh, put an update on Bama Online on Thursday night um, about Gavin Sawchuk, who's you know, Emmanuel Henderson is the number two back in the country. Gavin Sawchuk's the number one back in the country. He re- he actually reached out to me and said he's been talking to Jay Graham, the new Bama assistant. They talked to his head coach for about 30 minutes, talked to him, um, and he's trying to get out on a visit as soon as he can once, uh, you know, the, the dead period lifts. So another five-star running back there in play for. Um, they offer, they've offered a couple running backs recently, Nicholas Singleton out of uh, Pennsylvania, and then another kid, um, I think his name is Jamarian Miller, something like that, out of um, yeah, Jamarian Miller, out of Tyler, Texas. So they're still actively on the hunt for running backs. They're they're in the mix for several. I know some guys have dropped their list to top fives and top sixes. Have Bama right there in the hunt. So it, it looks like it it'll be a two black two back class at this point. Yeah, you got a two running back coaching staff and Jay Graham and Robert Gillespie. That can't hurt, right? When you're trying to recruit backs to the SEC, both those guys were really good backs uh, in the Southeastern Conference back in the 90s. So uh, we'll see how it plays out at the running back position. Brian Robinson obviously getting the free year in returning for 2021. That's been beneficial to Alabama. And then you really have, uh, you know, Trey Sanders we saw on Thursday showing some positive signs working on the anti-gravity treadmill following his car accident there late October, early November. So hopefully he gets back to a, a form similar to what we saw when he was coming off the previous injury uh, during his first fall camp at Alabama. But then, of course, Jace McClellan, you mentioned Wheaton coming in, uh, you know, that three-back class from 2020. So uh, some quality numbers there. It'll be interesting to see how things play out, starting with spring practice here in just a couple of weeks. We're going to take a quick break here on the Bama Online Podcast. When we come back with Hank, we'll get into maybe some numbers in general. We won't hold Hank to this because it is so early. It is a weird year coming off COVID with the free year for a lot of these guys. We'll maybe get position specific a little bit with Hank as well, and we'll talk some basketball recruiting. Nate Oates and the 2021 SEC regular season champs Not done yet on the trail where the 2021 group is concerned. All that with Hank South and myself, Travis Ryer, when the Bama Online Podcast returns right after this. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Back with more of the Bama Online Podcast on this Friday, March the 5th, 2021. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, joined by Recruiting Analyst Hank South. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama Online Podcast? If you leave us a five-star rating and a review while you're there, that would be greatly appreciated as well. So, Hank, look, I'm not going to hold <laughs> you to this, okay? Understanding In the words of site publisher Tim Watts, it's all very much fluid when we talk about numbers. And again, trying to figure out exactly what's what 
coming out of the COVID year and the the free year of eligibility uh, for a lot of these guys. Not so much Alabama, I don't think, because it looks like it's just a couple of guys that are taking advantage uh, of that year, at least initially. And so when we get to 2022, sort of sorting out the numbers from that perspective, shouldn't be as much of an issue for Alabama as some other schools in the SEC. There are some that I think are in double digits as far as guys that are coming back and how they're going to make all that work. But uh, class size for 2022, are we thinking it's going to be close to 25? I mean, you're having to anticipate, I know, because you're, you're, you are you're can't forecast attrition and all those things exactly. But uh, general numbers for this next class, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, you know, I think if it's going to be closer to 25, if not under, if you take a look at the 2021 class, uh, you know, you're, you're currently sitting with 27 guys um, uh, and potentially, you know, 28 and even, I guess, 29, you know, depending on uh, how Henry Toa Toa comes into effect. And then obviously still waiting on a decision from uh, from JT Tuiamolo, the, the defensive defensive lineman from Washington. So um, I, I think the only logical um, <laughs> conclusion to draw from that for the 2022 classes is, is a much uh, or not much smaller, but a smaller group. Um, I, I think kind of definitely gearing more towards that 25 number. We'll see. I, I, th- I think that, um, you know, I, I think history shows that, you know, if, if you go over that 25, um, usually the next year is, is kind of more in, in that um, sub 25 range. Um, obviously don't have an exact number just yet, but yeah, I, I don't think we'll see the same numbers again in 2022. Some good-looking young prospects in the last couple of classes where the defensive line is concerned. I guess some of these guys we can't refer to as young anymore because that great class from a couple of years ago, we're talking about guys going into their third year in the program. But just recently, Tim Smith, obviously uh, a nice hit there on the defensive line a year ago. What are we thinking about in terms of numbers up front and what does it look like? How does it forecast in terms of quality defensive line prospects for this 2022 group? Yeah, we circled uh, the defensive line as kind of a priority area for Alabama in 2022. I think we did defensive line, tight end, and the quarterback position kind of, you know, looking ahead. Um, and and th- there's there's a lot of quality um, options out there, both defensive tackles, defensive ends, even pass rushers. Um, uh, you know, it's, we already talked about him once on, on here, you know, uh, Walter Nolan, I kind of think it starts there as far as, you know, the, the marquee defensive lineman you're going after. He's the number two player in the country. Number one defensive tackle out of Memphis, a guy that Bama has been on for a long time. He was actually a teammate of, uh, Xavier Hill back in the day, uh, I guess, you know, two years ago, a year and a half ago, um, at, um, Olive Branch in Mississippi. He went to IMG for a minute, um, and then now he's at uh, a, a private school, I think, in Memphis. Um, so Bama is very familiar with him, has been been after him for a while. Freddie Roach is is both the area recruiter and the um, and the position coach pre- recruiter um, for Walter Nolan. So that always helps. Um, you know, you got Curtis Perry in state who has just, you know, eye popping statistics um, from his junior season that Bama has been after hard. He, you always know how high a guy sits on Bama's board when they're talking to Nick Saban two times a month. You know, usually you hear a kid talk to Nick Saban every once in a while, but Curtis Perry, he talks to him multiple times a month. Um, and so, you know, that kind of, you can, you can, uh, it's a safe bet that, that he's a priority guy. Um, but I think overall, you know, I think five, 
five defensive linemen, maybe six. I, I think that's kind of when you when you when you have a need area, those are kind of the 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 numbers you look at. Um, and, and so you know, there, there's a lot of quality options in state, out of state guys that are out of state that are actually from Alabama. Dominic James at IMG Academy, who's originally from Prattville. They've been offering um, some recent guys, Aaron Bryant out of Mississippi, who's kind of starting to blow up. Um, they can go back into the the DMV area. Danny Dennis Sutton out of Maryland. He's a guy that's been high on Bama for a long time. So a lot of quality options um, in a year that, that Bama could use it for sure. Got to help with the in-state uh, options, right? I mean, that's never a bad thing. And when I look at just the top four overall prospects, for the state of Alabama in this 2022 class, and Emmanuel Henderson's a part of that. It uh, looks like Alabama's in good shape with with all those guys, including Perry, I guess. Yeah, um, it it, um, it definitely is that that's the case. Let me I'm pulling up the state rankings real quick. Um, refresh my memory real fast. You got Jeremiah Alexander, obviously the one-time Alabama commit. Uh, Bama is still certainly involved there. It seems like he really likes Georgia too. Obviously he has a, a former Georgia football player on his, uh, his coaching staff at Thompson. Um, we'll see how that kind of comes into play. I still have my crystal ball in Alabama for Jeremiah Alexander. Um, you know, Carl Scott left. Um, that was his kind of his, his tie to Bama there with his area recruiter. Um, we'll see how that impacts things. Obviously we got Emmanuel Henderson coming up next week. Curtis Perry. I think, you know, I'd be surprised if Curtis Perry didn't end up at Alabama. He's saying right now Texas is recruiting him hardest. Um, they just offered, so it's probably the newness of it all. Um, Bama's been in the mix for Curtis Perry since summer 2019, so it's coming up on two years, and he's he's not even going to his senior year yet. So um, there, there's definitely um, strong connection there. And then, of course, Robert Woodyard as well, who's already committed and seems pretty locked in with Alabama at this point. Um, we'll see, you know, if he, if he decides to take visits in the future, but yeah, it, it could be another strong year. And then you, you kind of look outside the top 10, even, I mean, down the top 10 further, Shamar James, TJ Dudley, I think both are Bama leans. Then you kind of go out of it a little bit on the 12th player in Alabama, Omari Kelly. I think he's a guy Bama could get Antonio kite who seems to be kind of, um, his stock seems to be climbing. He just won the state championship in basketball yesterday with, with Aniston. Um, he's been talking to Saban. Um, and, and so there's the guys outside that top 10 that I think Bama is in good shape for as well. You mentioned Kite and winning a state championship in the state of Alabama. Uh, we saw J.D. Davison's outstanding career at Calhoun come to a close in a 2A semifinal loss to midfield a couple of days ago. Davison, though, goes out with a bang with 45 points in his final high school game. He'll be at Alabama, of course, next year with Nate Oates. Um, what about a couple of other options that are still out there for Oates and this staff as we put a wrap on this edition of the Bama Online Podcast? Charles Bediaco, Namari Burnett, the Texas Tech transfer. Are those kind of the guys that are still out there, uh, Hank? Yeah, those are kind of the two main names. Um, we'll see if anyone else kind of bubbles up in the end, but um, I think Bediaco, Charles Bediaco, the five-star center from IMG Academy, he's kind of the name to know. And, and we should have some... Uh, some closure on, you know, where things stand here. I think soon, you know, he's been, Charles Bediaco has been saying he's going to make an announcement kind of in the coming weeks, a few times in January. It was by the end of January in February. It was sometime in February. And now he's saying March at some point in March, I think March is when he's going to actually do it though. Um, so we'll see. I think somebody posted that his birthday is March sometime, um, sometime in March. So maybe that would, you could circle that day. Uh, but I think Bama is in good shape there. Um, so, you know, we'll see, I think Michigan's still in play as well. Um, he has a few others, Duke, um, and then Namari Burnett, 
is a uh, Texas Tech transfer who actually we caught up with recently. He uh, he finished with Bama second place in his recruitment. Um, it actually looked like he might end up at Bama out of the high school process, but he uh, ended up choosing Tech. He told us recently that that Bama was his runner up, um, and so you got to think that you know if Bama wants him this time around, and, and they have been talking to him for for you know pretty consistently throughout the last few weeks, um, that, that that they have a pretty good shot. I think Betty Yocker's the priority right now, but I think Namari Burnett's certainly a name to to keep your keep your eye on. Interesting with Texas Tech and Alabama because we saw Chris Beard a couple of springs ago with Nate Oates at Alabama football practice in March and April. It was a couple of years ago. So the relationships and hoops, uh, very interesting as well. Well, Hank, as always, thank you so much for taking the time here on the Bama online podcast. Look forward to doing it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Travis. There he goes. Hank South recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. Another reason why you need to be with us on a daily basis at BOL and keep it locked to the Bama online podcast as well as we keep you updated on all things Alabama Crimson Tide. For Hank, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again. Have a great weekend, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.